This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Go to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Hallelujah. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ah, yes, Jesus. Somebody shout community. Yes, Lord. Exodus chapter 14. I'm going. You see, this, this chapter is a loaded chapter. It's full of details. It's full of an experience in one place. Uh, but I, I'm going to read just from verse 21 to 23. Excuse me, 22. 21 and 22. 21 and 22. I'm going to summarize, uh, try to summarize this text. And oh, yes, Lord, here's the prophecy. Oh, gosh. You've been living your life in summaries. The majority of your life has been lived in summary. You've gotten a glimpse here and a glimpse there. You've gotten, gotten a summary of what's to come here and there. But the Lord says to you today, lift your hands, crown. The Lord says today that this is the chapter of your life where you're going to experience details. You're going to experience detail after detail after detail. This is not the hour. This is not, yes, Lord, this is not the chapter of summaries. This is not the time in your life you can't handle or deal with any more summaries. You need details. Come on here. You need details. And the Lord, yes, Lord, you, this chapter, I guess it's 2020. I guess it's this year. I don't know what that chapter is for you or for us, but this is the chapter of your life that is so detailed. Uh, when you strike back, when you strike towards your mark, the Lord says you're going to be fully loaded. No more empty clips in this season. I wish I was in church. No more empty clips, but you're going through fully loaded. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, and it reads, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. I'm reading the New King James Version. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. Somebody say, all night long. And made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left let me read that one more time then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided somebody say open up so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were uh, served as a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. In other words, what was in front of them, there was an element in front of them that served or represented impossibility. But that which was in front of them now stands erect to the left and to the right of them. I, I want to preach this afternoon using as a topic prosper in the red prosper in the red look to your neighbor and say neighbor this chapter 
of your life, you're going to prosper in the red. You may have your seats. Yes, Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we are in the new series uh, given by our bishop uh, to come out of the red and to come out of deficit. Anybody here been in the red? Anybody experience deficit? To be in a deficit is to be at a loss or to be um, in a stronghold that's difficult to come out. And throughout history, um, if you look at, our, at, at history, any time there was a, um, a, uh, an, a stronghold or an enslavement, the Lord used someone or some people um, as a leadership a stronghold to bring the people out of what they're in. What am I talking about? Slavery was a deficit. It was a deficit to a huge, give me more monitors please, to a large body of people. Slavery, uh, we're not talking money, we're talking an entire community, entire continent, entire uh, body of people who were enslaved here in the United States. Uh, at, so we were in a deficit. And throughout um, the deficit, throughout the, 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 the uh, history of slavery, we have different movements. We had the abolishment movements. We had different people who stood up for us to help bring us out. And one of those people who I love, my favorite, one of my favorite people in history is a woman by the name of Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman was dope, was amazing. They need to just put her face on the bill already and stop playing. Um, Harriet was amazing because this is someone who found a way out for herself. She uh, got out of slavery. She escaped it, but uh, she wasn't satisfied with just her escaping. There's something about a calling on your life that's not satisfied when you make it. There's something about how you know you're called to something or someone. You know you have a destiny and a purpose when it's not enough for you, when it's not enough that you're satisfied, when it's not enough that you've broke through. She went back, the audacity, uh, and started reaching back for other people that were enslaved and bringing them out of slavery. Uh, she was known as, watch this, the Moses of her people. She was dubbed that title because uh, her symbolism, her embodiment was deliverance. Deliverance was her calling. So she, through the Underground Rail Railroad and through uh, these passages, began to bring uh, people out. She was the Moses of her people, the people that were in a deficit, in a stronghold. She served as the Moses of her people. So uh, if I could, if I can just jump to the real Moses in our text, the Moses of the Bible. Moses um, was called to deliver God's people. Moses was born in a time of turmoil, in a time of turbulence, in a time of tribulation to the point where he didn't even know what was going on, yet uh, he had a flow. Uh, Moses, when he was born, it was at a time where a pharaoh was taking up, was killing um, uh, the young boys, the young babies. Can I just breeze through this real quick and paint the picture? He was killing babies. So his mother, um, after she couldn't hide him any longer, she dubbed him with asphalt and pitch and put him in a river so he can flow. 
Uh, let me tell you, when you're born into a situation that's out of your control and you have a calling on your life, from jump, you learn how to flow. You learn how to just ride the wave of what's happening. You learn how to just go. And Moses was just in a flow until uh, he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter finds him and draws him out of the water and calls him Moses for his main name means to be drawn out from water so from birth he already had a destiny he had a title he had a name that would suit the position that he is at the Red Sea his name his title his name was already suited and fit for this struggle he was about to uh, go through uh, if, if, if you don't know the story Moses grew up in Egypt he grew up in Pharaoh's house and he had the best of everything the best education uh, the best clothing he had wealth he had riches but that calling I keep telling you when you have a burden for something or calling uh, you will go back eventually so he went and went through 40 years of his own wilderness and ultimately was called by God by the burning bush and the Lord told him what to do. You've got to go back and deliver my people. You've had riches, you've had fame, you've had wealth, but you've got to go back and fulfill your calling. Are y'all following so far? And go and pull out my people. Moses was sent to the earth to deliver. He was sent to the earth because uh, God's people, God's chosen people, were stuck in a deficit. Their deficit was in the land of Egypt where initially they were there to flourish. The Bible says that they grew immensely. They flourished and they lived. But ultimately, the Bible says they grew a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph, who brought the people of uh, uh, Israel into Egypt. And he began to afflict the people. He began to enslave people who were once free who were once uh, independent who were doing their own thing in the same land now deal with enslavement just like that all because someone saw their growth all because someone saw their potential so Pharaoh now inflicts them with labor and hardship and enslavement, but instead of them dying off, they begin to grow. It's beautiful thing. God is very metaphoric. It's a beautiful thing when you can be seen, where you can be stricken and struggle and going through, but some way, somehow, you keep growing. Some way, somehow, you keep multiplying. Some way, somehow, you get better and better and better. How in the world do you go through what you go through, yet somehow you don't die off? You multiply and get better. So they grew. And, uh, God sends him straight up to go deliver him. I don't need you to do nothing else. Just go and get my people out of there. Go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So on this mission, you know the story. He gets there and he displays all of these miracles for Pharaoh. He displays, uh, he gives them all of these um, uh, uh, images and, and, um, and examples and miracles just to show God's power. But before he showed it to, uh, to Pharaoh, he had to show it to the people. He had to convince the people uh, that he was called by God to lead them. Because mind you, they've been in this place for a long time. So their uh, understanding of leadership is enslavement. Yeah. Their understanding, their comprehension of leadership is uh, being governed by an outside authority or a different nation. Their comprehension of leadership is Pharaoh. 
So here comes Moses, same kin, same blood. He's a Hebrew just like them, but he has to convince them to follow him. He's of the kinship of the Hebrews, of the Israelites, but he's got to convince them to follow him, right? The beauty of leadership or the power of leadership is God just doesn't send you and people are going to follow you. You have to demonstrate a leadership capacity that contradicts the leadership I was just under. Why would I now follow you when I've been under a certain authority for so long? Mind you, I am enslaved, but I eat. I am enslaved, but I make it. I'm comfortable. I am enslaved, and I'm all right. We make. We are multiplying. So God sends Moses strategically. You got to show these people a little bit of power. Otherwise, they're not going to follow you. So he demonstrates to them that he's truly called of the Lord, and they agree, and they come, and they're now going out. Before they leave, you guys remember the Passover, the Lord told them they are now in a season, in a period of instructions. Okay, they're in a series of instructions. The Lord told them, do this, do this, do that. Watch this so I don't bore you with the whole story with the details. Y'all looking sleepy. He tells them, put uh, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. Because what I'm going to do, one of the miracles I'm going to do, I'm going to send a deaf angel to this house, to the land of Egypt. And I'm going to kill firstborn males. I'm going to take for myself the firstborn males. In other words, Moses, I got some retribution for you and your people. When you were firstborn, uh, um, um, Pharaoh was killing firstborn. So let me prove to you real quick, Moses, uh, that I'm a God of vengeance myself. So he now takes vengeance of what Moses didn't even know about. Let me speak a word in here. God is about to avenge you in some areas of your life. You had no idea what those struggles were. You had no idea. You was just but an infant at the time. So anyway, he puts, uh, that they put the uh, blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And everyone who had the blood, the death angel passed over. Hence why we call it Passover. So now they experience as they're witnesses and they have to be saying murmuring amongst themselves. He must really got some power. He must really be called of the Lord. He must really got something. So they follow him out from their comfort place. The place they've known all of their lives. The place of tradition into a wilderness. A desert. They go from an Familiar place into unfamiliar territory. Mind you, Pharaoh said go. He released them. He gave them release to go. So now they're marching out. They're leaving. And on their way out, they get to this place. On their way out is about a three-day encampment. They're now at the place where um, they can't go any further because there's a new element that they're not used to. But they can't go back. Because they have an army trying to kill them. They can't go further because what? They ain't got no ships. They ain't got no boats. They got no way to cross this Red Sea. But they can't go back. And they're stuck at this place. And the Bible says they hear uh, Pharaoh's army approaching. They hear the army coming behind them. Uh, it, it was, the Bible says that Pharaoh chose, if I can slide through it, Pharaoh chose 600 chariots for himself. He didn't just choose any 
of the chariots or any of the horses. These were the king's guard. These were the best of the best that Pharaoh chose to attack these people. He chose uh, his best. He took his strongest army. Can I say something to you? Uh, your previous fight, the devil sent his best. Can I, can I just say that real quick? Your last uh, place of captivity, your last place of struggle, the devil sent his best. Because Pharaoh knew uh, if all of these miracles were displayed, uh, I've got to come prepared. I can't come any old way. So they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're behind them. Mind you, they're about a, 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 a few miles behind them. But what scares the Israelites is not pharaoh himself because pharaoh didn't get there yet all they heard was the sound of the hooves all they heard was the sound of the chariots approaching in other words they heard the sound of their past and began to tremble in fear they heard the sound of where they used to be held captive and began to be paralyzed and stuck. They heard the sound of their old government, their old, come on here, their old authority. And mind you, when I say scared, I'm not just talking about, oh my, what are we going to do? I'm talking anxiety. I'm talking panic. Could you imagine, y'all, you're by a sea, but you've got an army chasing you. You know, you're going to die one way or another. Either I'm going to drown in an element I'm not used to or I'm going to be slaughtered by what I just ran from. So the sound of the chariots approaching uh, made them now cry to the Lord but then turn to Moses and have an attitude. And this is what we do. The sound of our past makes us talk to God or talk to leadership any old type of way because we hear a sound of something that used to oppress us just by the very sound. There's something, y'all, called triggers. You don't necessarily physically have to be afflicted with something, oh God, to now have a reaction. You can get the trigger of something and have a nervous breakdown or reaction. Let me give you an example. Some of y'all know the story of my wife and I, and um, uh, 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 she went through years uh, of dealing with um, our son's father, uh, taking him from her, right? So now we went through court and we got our deliverance. Uh, the paper says uh, you've got equal custody uh, and you got equal custody. Sis, there's nothing else to fear. But one day uh, we've got a phone call. We're supposed to go up to this new school uh, and have a conversation and uh, uh, inform of, uh, of this new school who we are, and so on and so forth. She gets a call in the middle of the uh, text in the middle of the night um, uh, please don't have your husband at this meeting uh, can it just be us uh, and what happened to her was uh, the sound oh God uh, of what she's used to dealing with put her in a panic uh, to where she says hubby please can we just for the sake of this can you not go and um, initially I was offended I was bothered I said wait a minute why would you even open your mouth to ask me not to go but the Lord checked me and said that's the sound of her past a simple trigger made her react and become fearful and trembling that, wait a minute, if I offend the sound, I may go back 
into captivity. I may go back to the place where I used to be. Oh God, mind you, he didn't show up at my door. He ain't crazy enough. He, he didn't come on here. Nothing physical happened, but there was a sound. Let me help you, saints of God. Stop being paralyzed by the sound of your past. Oh, God, help me. There's no physical evidence to say something's going to happen. There's no physical evidence, but psychologically, it's a trigger. So fear can paralyze you just by the trigger or the sound of what was. I had a, I used to work at the ACS building, and one of my cases, um, I had a student, I had a child, who was about nine years old at the time, ten years old. He was rude. He was disrespectful. He was uh, uh, a savage is what they call him. This is the report they gave me. He's a savage. He's an animal. And I threw it off because I don't like those terms for young black men. I just, I just can't deal with it. But rather than me getting offended, I, 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 I said, somebody show me his file. Show me his file. And they showed me his file, and I began to read his file. The boy's issue is uh, um, anytime a male tells him to do something, he spazzes out. Anytime you can simply tell him it's time to go to bed, and he can snap just like that and curse you out and call you all kinds of names and say all sorts of disrespect. He's even spit on a security guard to their face just because the security said, lights out. What happened was the boy was being molested by his own daddy, by his father. So his grandmother caught wind of it and delivered him from the situation. Hence why he got um, um, wound up in ACS in the first place. So the truth is he's not disrespectful. He's triggered by the sound of a male. He's tricked anytime a male says something to him, it sounds like his father. So, in defense, he loses his mind and he panics. And the defense mechanism is to assault you before he assaults him. In other words, he was triggered by what he was once captured of. Somebody say, trigger. So they heard a sound. They heard the sound coming and began fearful. And the Bible says that they cried unto the Lord, but then they uh, had some choice words for Moses. They had some choice words for the one that they now agreed to follow. Why didn't you just leave us in Egypt? Why didn't you just leave us where we were comfortable? Why didn't you just leave us uh, where at least we were being fed, at least we were being nourished, at least, why didn't you just leave us uh, at minimum wage? God, let me talk there. Why, why didn't you just leave us uh, uh, with a boss? Why, why didn't you just leave us uh, uh, just getting by? Why didn't you just leave us in the place where uh, we live check by check uh, and we're just getting over and we're just making it? Why didn't you just leave us in a place where some months we don't know how we're going to pay these bills we don't know where the money's going to come from why didn't you just leave us where we were comfortable because the truth of the matter is most of us enter these conditions at birth most of us I don't see any uh, uh, silver spoons in here most of us didn't enter up in a glorious luxurious lifestyle we came in to a struggle. 
we were birthed in captivity. We were birthed in enslavement. We were birthed in deficit. So we now got an attitude with you because you took us out of where we were just making it. So Moses, I, I love this response by Moses uh, that uh, where he says, uh, also he says, okay, um, and Pharaoh drew near. And Moses said to the people, there we go, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I told you this chapter is loaded because it's very detailed. Moses, can you imagine? You see, you've got the Israelites' perspective. You've got their point of view. But uh, can we see Moses' point of view here? You're talking about somebody who once had it all, gave it all up to answer a call. He had it all. He was straight. He was good. Tossed it aside just to struggle on his own. Cool. Got married, had kids, but then had to give that up to go to a group of people who may not even accept him anyway. So then he demonstrates the power of God and brings them through and now got to deal with all these questions. I can see Moses, rod in his hand, got power, he's a shepherd, he's a leader, but even now Moses internally got to have some questions. Because him as a leader is facing the impossible and facing captivity. When you're stuck in a place that's between impossible and captivity, what's going to bubble up out of you? So Moses, instead of arguing with the people, instead of going back and forth with the people, because way too many of them, it's about a million bodies. They about to take Moses' head off. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of people out there. So instead of going, with, going at them, he cries unto the Lord. And his response is not of him. That's why it's important. His response says, do not be afraid while he's trembling. While he's afraid. While this man is shaking in his boots. I got this whole body of people. I don't know how we going to do. God, did you bring? Could you imagine the questions and anxiety in his head? You brought me all the way out here. I brought all these people out here. And I brought them either to drown or to be slaughtered. Oh, God. I can just imagine just going through. And he says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God. Stand still. Now, this is ridiculous to a people who can't even move. What you mean stand still? Where we going to go? We are caught between a rock and a hard place. So, dude, you're not telling me nothing that's going to uh, uh, give me some confidence and encouragement. Stand still, watch this, and see the salvation of the Lord. Between the standstill and the sea, there's a comma. Standstill, comma. Stand still, comma. They can't respond to the standstill because they can't go nowhere. But he says, and see 
the salvation of the Lord. Salvation to us is being saved. And Christianity is a verbal declaration that Jesus is Lord and my soul is saved. But in this uh, place, in this uh, sea, there is no Christianity yet. Jesus hasn't come to the earth yet. So the typology of Christ is Moses. So the words coming out of his mouth is you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, you're going to be saved physically. It's cute to be saved in your soul, but there's some prayers that we have where we're saying, God, save me from this. What I'm going through right now, I'm not seeing demons. I'm not seeing witches. I'm seeing deficit. God, I'm seeing physical evidence of my own captivity. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So his promise to them is, you're going to get saved from this. I can't tell you how yet because I don't even know. See the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. Which he will accomplish today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. Here's why I like this version. Forever. In other words... This salvation is going to wipe everything clean. This time, when you receive salvation, it's going to be gone forever. The reason why they were put in a place of trembling, because they know the sound of their captor. They know the sound, oh God, I'm going too fast. They know the sound of the one that has them, had them enslaved. But he's telling them, you're not going to see this type of captivity no more. The Lord will fight for you, he says. I can see these words are just bubbling up out of Moses. He didn't have a speech prepared. He, he, he didn't have words of encouragement prepared. A word like this, when you're facing fear, anxiety, suicidal thoughts yourself, and you can get some positive words, that's the spirit of the Lord. Moses got delivered in the moment of his own anxiety. So then when he got delivered, he began to prophesy. I wish uh, this next chapter of your life, uh, you're not going to stand there and panic and retreat. Uh, but I declare you're going to prophesy what's about to happen. God, uh, in this season, in this chapter, God is going to put a word in your spirit. Uh, not just for you, but for your family. Uh, not just for you, but for those uh, he's trusted you to lead the Lord will fight for you he says and you shall hold your peace in other words you ain't gonna panic no more and the Lord said to Moses so in other words prior to this he ain't say nothing to him <laughs> sometimes you don't have to wait to hear the Lord speak to start speaking because previously in this verse uh it says, verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. And you've climbed to the Egyptians no more today. Blah. Cool. 
Next verse. Lord will fight for you, hold your peace. Next verse. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? I was trying to find, I went up and down, trying to find previously, what verse did Moses cry to him? Which verse did Moses say, Father, in the name of Jesus? I, I, I don't see it. From 13 and 14, he's declaring a word over the people. Stand still. Don't trip. Don't stress. You're going to see salvation of the Lord. 15, and the Lord says, to Mo, why do you cry to me? Where did Moses cry to him? Where did Moses begin to pray to the Lord? Why do you cry to me? It lets me know that Moses, while he's speaking to the people and affirming the people, he had an internal conversation. He was praying on the inside. Y'all going to be all right. It's going to be. But in his head, Father, I need you to do something because at this point, I don't know what I'm about to do. I've got all these babies. These are not just grown folks that are stuck in this wilderness. Come on here. These are children. These are infants. These are all types of age groups. And he's now has to declare a word to them while he prays on the inside. You've ever had to talk to your kids? and tell them it's going to be alright we're going to make it but on the inside you are with fear and trembling on the inside you are nervous as a hooker in church come on here you are as nervous as all outdoors but you've got to affirm somebody you've aware my supervisors in the building you've ever had a deadline you had to meet and you had to tell come on here you've had to tell your subordinates this is what we're going to do it's going to happen we're going but in the back of your mind. I don't know how we're going to get this done. Moses had to pray while he spoke. Demonstration of real leadership. You've got to pray while you speak. You can't shut your mouth in this season. You can't shut your mouth in this season. You've got to speak and the Lord will speak for you. But he comes, he want me to let you know, I hear your cry. Because throughout all of that, him speaking to them, the Lord was hearing Moses internally cry out unto him. But he tells to him, well, well, why do you cry to me? Not in the sense of, don't come over here. Why do you cry to me? Here's what you do. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I can see how this conversation is going already. Y'all just bear with this whole situation. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. All right. Well, I, I know all these chariots, that can't be forward. That makes no sense. I know you got enough intelligence, Lord. So that ain't it. But in front of us, it's a large body of impossibility. In front of me, I see impossibility. So you're telling me to tell these people to go towards the impossible. To go towards the impossible. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But he gives them, I love the details. But lift up your rod, Moses, 
and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And indeed, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will shall follow them. So I will again honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots, his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh. Oh, I told you there's so much detail. Moses has to stand tall with the word he's just declared while he gets a download. He has to stand with his poker face, not looking as if he's fearful or trembling while he gets a download. Anybody ever been in a position where you had to stand on your two toes? You've had to stand firm and look like nothing's bothering you while you wait for a download from heaven. I need to make moves now. I need to do something right now, but I've got to stand still until he's done with this download. Gives him the word. He gives him the details. But after he says something, after the Lord speaks to Moses, I told you this chapter's loaded. It says, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. God help me. Uh, the, 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 the angel of God who was previously before the camp. So up until this point, what they had, the direction, uh, for those of them who didn't really believe Moses, right? The Lord put an angel in front of them just so they can see another element, another dimension that's leading them. They can see another uh, dimension. They can see the angel of God. They can see some form of spirituality. So if you don't believe him still, cool, I got something for you to look at so that you can keep moving. If you don't believe the one that I sent you, I'm going to give you something tangible enough yet spiritual enough uh, that you can follow. I'm going to give you something in case you don't believe the man of God. So this is what led them the entire time up until this point. But the Bible says, and the angel of God who went before them moved and went behind them. Took away the sign. He took away the symbol. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between, hear me out, the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus so, it was a cloud of darkness to one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. So at this time, it's dark outside. It, it's, there's no sunlight. There's no, all they had was the angel and the pillar of cloud, which served as a light. Y'all all right? Y'all good? But then God does a switcheroo. He brings the sign behind them, putting it in between the Israelites and the Egyptians chasing them. But here's the detail. I told y'all this is your chapter of details. The Lord puts darkness in the front of the Egyptians. Therefore, as they're pursuing they now have no idea where uh, their slaves are. They now have no clue if they went left, if they went right. They have no clue if they stood still, if they went towards the north. They don't know the movement. They don't know 
for a few screamers, they don't know the progress that the Israelites have made. They can't see the progress. They can't see how far they've gone. So the next time you want to talk about haters, you want to talk about people, the next time they see you, they'll have no idea how far you've gone. God. The next time huh, you get faced with some kind, God is putting something to blind the faces of your enemies huh, because he doesn't want them tracking your progress. So it's dark to the Egyptians, but here's the beautiful part. It's light to the Israelites. Now, how can you give light if you're not behind them? How can you now uh, bring uh, a form of light or radiance if you're behind them? Understand uh, when God decides to do a thing, it's not no itty bitty small thing. When God produces some power, it's not no itty bitty power. No, no, no. I'm not talking about power that you plug up to the wall. It says it gave them light, which means they still had direction even though they couldn't see him. The light shines so bright that it came from behind them and serve as their navigation the light was so bright even though it was behind them oh god here's for a few screamers you haven't seen a sign from god in a long time you haven't seen a symbol of what god is saying or doing for a long time but he wants me to remind you there's been a light that's been shining before you there's been a pillar of light that how why you think you ain't die in your situation yet why you think you ain't give up why you think you're still going even though you don't know what to do you know where to go because there's a light from behind you though you don't see the symbol that used to be in front of you so the light is behind them all night so all of this is happening while the sun is down all of this is happening and still there's trembling and there's fear this is a journey this this was not no 10-minute situation. This was a journey. This thing happened all night long. But here's our text, verse 21. Then Moses, oh, God, I didn't even see this. After he lost the symbol, after the pillar of cloud went, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. In other words, I really think if that cloud, if the pillar was still there, I don't know if Moses would have made a move. I don't know. Mind you, he got the word of the Lord. Mo Lord told him what to do. He ain't tell him when to do it. So it wasn't until there was no more signs that he remembered a word that, he was, that the Lord told him previously. God. So in this moment, he stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind so before he split the sea he allowed the sea to go backwards so in other words it ain't just jump through this line they inched through this thing they didn't just run through impossibility they inched through this thing so as the wind came the waters began to draw back. So they now detail for detail had to watch disbelief, but the water's going back. I'm in disbelief, but this thing, wait a minute, we were just here, now we're where the water used to be. So he had to give them detail after detail, backed by a strong wind that lasted, watch this, all 
night long and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. He backed up impossibility, then caused division upon it. How did this happen? All Moses had was his hand and his rod. Was his hand and his rod. He had his worship and his gift. God, I wish I was a, He had his worship and his element. God, he had his praise and he had what he knew best. Because to prove to the Egyptian, the Israelites in the beginning, he had to demonstrate some things with that rod. He had to throw it down, watch it become a snake. So there were some previous demonstrations that this thing had power. What am I saying? Everyone here that's gifted, you've had previous demonstrations of what you can truly do. You've had some previous demonstrations huh, of how gifted you really are. Huh? But you now come to a point where you can't go back. But it's impossible to break through your industry. You, 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 you can't go back to how you're used to living. But, 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 but the, the, the difficulties and the impossibility of purpose stands in front of you. So the Lord tells him, worship with your gift. I wish I was that crown. Lift up your hands in worship and lift up your gift in praise. Lift up your hands. That's why it's important for you to get here for praise and worship. Because at this lifting of our hands, some things are being divided. I wish I would talk back to me. There's about to be, oh God, in this chapter, when you lift up your hands in worship, it won't just be an ordinary song. It won't just be another song they're singing. It won't just be another hymn. It won't just be another organ, but it would be an act of division. God is about to cause division in your industry. The industry you need to tap into, you can't tap into it in this element, but you've got to go through impossible to make it happen. So he lifted his hand and the rod. And this is what caused the sea to divide. So yeah, title of his message is Prosper in the Red. Red, R-E-D. R, the realm of faith. It takes faith to really live as a Christian. It takes faith. But I'm not talking about faith where you always got the answer. I'm not talking about faith where you're always confident. I'm talking about faith, Elder Smith, that's been matured. Mature faith has gone through seasons of doubt. Oh, God, yeah. Mature faith has had periods and chapters where you question this thing called Jesus. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Where you question this spirituality, where you question this walk, why you're doing this over and over, yet there's a little flicker. Oh, God. If you've ever seen a house that was just caught on fire, I don't care how much the fireman extinguishes the fire. 
fire. If you go into the house, there's always little flickers of flame that remains. And those little flickers, they have to make sure they put them out because those little flickers can re can reignite the flames again. So God made sure, even in your seasons of doubt, there was a flicker. There was a still a flicker. How do I know there was a still a flicker? You doubted, yet you still came every Sunday. How do I know there was this flicker, Brother Mike? You doubted, yet you still found a way to pray, even with an attitude. How do I know there was a flicker? You couldn't trust him and trace him, yet you still, when someone asks you, what do you believe? Oh, I'm Christian. You still had a declaration of your faith, though you were in unbelief. Real faith is faith. Even in seasons when you don't believe. There's levels to this thing. Find me a Christian who's on high faith 24-7. And I'll show you witchcraft. Find me a believer who always believes God. And I'll show you a warlock. Because true testament of faith is when you can lose it, when, you can, when it, the essence of it can be diminished, yet you still find ways to come up out of it. You still find ways. Why do you come out of it? Because there was always a pillar in front of oh God. There was always something in front of you to let you know, he's real. He's real. Ain't nothing happening right now, but he's real. You in the desert right now, sis, but he's real. You, you, you're living in a dry place, right? Things are dry, bro, but he's real. You really can't comprehend this thing right now, but guess what? He's real, and how you know he's real is when someone has something to say about your faith, when someone has something to say about Christianity, you rise up and say, whoa, 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 whoa. don't you do that. Don't you do that. You don't know about my Jesus. You can still defend him when you don't hear from him. So he raises his hand. We're going to prosper in the red today. Amen? Realm of faith. It took faith for them to believe him and trust him to leave Egypt. To the point where God made sure he had to demonstrate some things. Right? But that was the, if you look back at it, if you read it, take some time to read it. They got clear-cut instructions. There was a calculation behind their faith. Because God said, put the blood on the doorpost and the deaf angel is going to go by. There's not much they really had to do there, but just obey the word, follow instructions. Their faith was calculated. There was a calculation. If you do this, this would happen. And they witnessed it. If you do that... This would happen. It was calculated. It was instructions. Do this and do that. But faith has another element where it defies all logic. Faith has another dimension where it's not calculated. There's no uh, uh, curriculum to clearly divide it and understand it. So when you have people, a a million people, at a sea that's impossible to get through, this is a new realm of faith that we've never experienced before. 
even in all of this trembling, even if what we've seen in the past, bro, this, and this is where some of us are in our careers. This, February 3rd. This, I've made all the calculations. I've made the prerequisites. I've done some things in the past that let me know I can do this. I can thrive in this industry, in this place. But there comes a place, I don't care how full your resume is, there's a place where you just can't break through in your industry, in what it is that you're trying to do. It's like, can I just, if y'all will just let me in, and God says, they're not going to let you in, you're going to have to break through. Because when you get to the place of impossible and you see me divide this thing, when you get to the other side, you can't give nobody no credit. You can't give nobody the praise. You can't say it was a hookup or a connection. All you can do is say if it had not been for the Lord. That's why he brings you to a place of impossibility. Because when you get through on dry land where you're supposed to drown, all you can do is say, but God. So he brings them through. Let me move. Let me move. He brings them through the dry ground. And it says the waters uh, were divided. The waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters were a wall to them on their right and their left. <sighs> let me see who really grasped this. The waters served as a wall to them on their right and on their left. What was impossible to them served as a wall on their right and on their left. God, what they couldn't break through serves as a wall. If you know anything about walls, walls, you have to, walls serve as spectators. So now what they couldn't get through now had to watch them. Every element, every living thing that's in the water that they used to watch is now watching them as they walk through this new element that they had no business. I can see little fishes and whales just watching like, how are you in here? How did you get through this place? How in the world are you here? This is where we dwell. And let me speak to your industry. They're going to watch you as you walk through and begin to ask how. How? Wait a minute. How did you get here? How? I don't wait a minute. I, did I make a phone call for you? Did I give you a reference? No, 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 no. Just watch me walk. Why? Oh, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, just watch me walk. Just watch me walk. I'm not doing this thing in a hurry. I'm not running through this thing. But God says your impossible places I've just turned to a one way. He's turning the places where you couldn't go and now you're going to catwalk your way through. You're going to stretch your way through it and say, watch, watch, watch. Have your seats. We're just talking. 
Have your seats. We're just talking because I can't wait for this breakthrough, Pastor Sabrina. I can't wait for this breakthrough. There's an attitude in me that I've been holding on to. There's a, oh God, there's that vexing in me that I, I'm ready to flex on my industry. I'm ready to flex on every casting director that told me no. I'm ready to flex on every agent that told me you ain't got enough credits. I don't need credits. I got a ride. I don't need credits. I've got a worship. I don't need credits or credentials. I just. Somebody shout, be open. Be open. Be open. What was impossible for you is about to be divided for you. What you couldn't get through is now going to serve as a spectator. Get ready. This chapter. They're going to watch you. This chapter, because you weren't supposed to get through. You didn't have the credentials to get through. You didn't have the connection or the network to get through. I don't know about y'all industries, but my industry, sometimes you got to do some shady stuff in order to network and connect. You got to do some things that are outside of your uh, realm of codes. You've got to break code. You've got to compromise. But let me tell y'all something. There's no compromising in this chapter. There's no compromising for this bread. I wish I would grasp this thing. Let me prophesy. You won't have to. Pr- uh, uh, you won't have to compromise to get through. You do not have to sell yourself short in order to get through. Come on. I know what your resume looks like. I know what your experience look like, and that's cool. But get ready when you lift up your hands this time, and you trust God in this realm of faith. That's why I told y'all it's a new element. You won't get it because of who you know. You'll get it because of who you, God, you, 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 won't, you won't get it because of who you're connected to. You'll get it because of whom you're connected to. Something about your connection to this house, something about your connection to the God we serve is going to open doors you have no business walking through. It's impossible. It's impossible. God, I could run. It's impossible. Whew. Y'all know the phone call I just got on Friday? When I t- it's impossible. It's impossible. But, 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 but I can't go back because I've come too far. Y'all, I, I've, I've fought too hard to go back to just making it. So he, he opens the waters and they walk through. He walks through. They walk through. And here we go. God's not finished. You're going to walk through, but he's not done with what you've dealt with. In this chapter of your life, you're going to walk through some things, but God is going to deal with what used to deal with you. God is going to deal with some things that has had you. He's going to be so descriptive. Here's the beauty of this salvation, and I love my God. I'm going to see his vengeance on my enemies. I'm going to see what he does to those who used to pray. He says, and the Egyptians pursued. Let me not move too fast. And went after them. Five minutes and I'm through. And went after them into the midst of the sea. All the horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. It's hot up here. 
sense. I want to jump into a seat myself. <laughs> now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army. It came down in the morning watch. These people, mind you, over a million people, it was so many of them, it took them all night to get through. But in the morning, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off, just read it, he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. He took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. So I can see this pillar of cloud that was now dark. Now it's unveiled. Wait a minute. They pursued them so long, they didn't even know they were on the threshold of impossibility. They were so hungry in their pursuit they didn't even realize where they were. By the time they realized it, whoa, it was too late. But I love God. I love the details in this because he could have just drowned them and killed them. But instead, he chose to give them a little trouble before they go out. It says that he took off their wheels, which made it difficult to them to continue to pursue. So the Israelites that have made it through now can watch... What used to oppress them, struggle. Let me tell you, you're going to watch what used to trouble you, and you're going to watch a struggle. Can I speak to Sally Mae? I'm going to watch, oh my God. Watch Sally Mae struggle. Let me speak to Naviant, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all too quiet. Watch Naviant struggle. Everything that has had you bound and oppressed, watch it. Oh God, they're going to go belly up in their struggle. You couldn't do what you wanted to do because you still had the burden of your past. I mean, you had to go to school, right? You had to get an education, right? And you done graduated years ago, but you're still having conversations with your past uh, of trying to make a payment for what you owe, God. Uh, but now you're going to turn this thing around uh, and watch the wheels uh, fall off of what's been pursuing you. Uh, you're going to watch the wheels buckle uh, of what's been coming after you with desperation. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Next time you get that phone call, tell them, watch it. Watch it. How much can you put that? Watch it. We haven't received a payment for you in a lot. Watch it. And he took off their chariot wheels. He took off the strength of their mobility. So they could no longer pursue. He took off uh, what strengthened their pursuit. So that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians began to speak among themselves and say, let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fights for them. Let's, let's, move, let's, let's, let's leave this thing alone. Because it's obvious they've got another element 
helping them. They've, they've got uh, uh, another backing behind them. They've got uh, a different bank system that's funding them. They, they've got, come on here, huh? they've got something huh, that even we've got the best chariots, huh? we've got the best equipment, huh? we've got the best of the best, but our best ain't enough for these people. Huh? Let us, I serve notice huh, of everything that's had you captive. Huh? Their best wasn't enough for you. The best, oh God, the best ammunition, the best attacks won't even be enough because it's about to be evident in this season that you've got the Lord on your side. It's about to be real clear in this chapter that you don't walk in your own strength. It's getting ready to be so clear to people, Brother Mike, that the Lord is on your side. Not by might, nor by power but by his spirit I'm walking in new dimensions I'm walking in a new realm not just so that I can attain some things but God's got to show me off and let my people know that the Lord is on my side if you get nothing out of this message today let me give you a simple word from Sunday school the Lord is on your side and it's going to be evident not just to you because you've known it for years that the Lord is on your side how do I know this because you pray to him all the time you commune with him all the time but this is the chapter where not only you know he's there and not only the saints know but I declare that unbelievers will know that the Lord is on your side. Y'all too quiet for me today. I need your enemies to know. I need Naviant to know. I need, come on, Equifax to know. I need experience to know. I need TransUnion to know that the Lord is on your side. Everything that you've been faced with that seems like it's impossible. The Lord is on your side. If you can just do this thing while you're in the red you will know that the Lord is on your side there's really nothing to prove when you can calculate your journey there's really nothing to prove when you can testify of what's happening but the real proof that you live in a realm of faith oh God when it shows off on you that the Lord is on your side I got a word for crown ministries we're going up 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 not because we've got more money Lord knows we ain't got more money not because we've got more members Lord knows we ain't got more members but the truth of the matter is we want to acquire property and do some great things but 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 we can't go back to 10405 Glenwood Road we've been down that road already but we're on the threshold of the impossible oh my god we're at the feet of a sea of impossibility but if you just stand up with this faith if you tap in and prosper in the red 
the Lord is on our side and we shall hey conquer all I declare the impossibility of owning property as you lift up your hands today the Lord will defend there shall be a division and we're going to walk through what was once impossible we're going to walk through what we should drown in because the truth of the matter is if we take this on with the equity that we have we'll drown in debt if we take this thing on this financial responsibility we'll drown in debt but because Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We come to our Red Sea with a new currency. It's called faith, and we shall acquire by faith, not by might, nor by power, nor by equity, nor by money, but by faith, we shall go through what's supposed to drown us out. I hope I'm not boring you, but I told you this chapter is loaded, and you're about to walk through your loaded chapter. Get ready for details in your prayer life. Get ready for God to speak and give you details because you've gone through dark seasons long enough. You've gone through a long journey where you didn't hear his voice. But this is your chapter where you will hear him clearly. This is your chapter where you will get details. And every time you step out and move towards your destiny, every time you step out and move towards your purpose the Lord says today because of your faith I split that thing wide open and you shall and you shall walk through what should drown you you shall get through the impossibilities I was going to title this message this is impossible because we've all been at a point in our lives where we simply say this is impossible but what's impossible with man is possible with God stand to your feet and tell three people you're about to experience the impossible you're about to experience the impossible there's a Red Sea standing in front of you but the Lord says lift up your hands and lift up your rod and you shall go through you shall go through lift up your heads oh ye gates and be and be lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is the king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle lift up your heads and lift up your hands and lift up your gift and you will walk through what's supposed to drown you you will walk through the impossible in the name
I've been stuck at this spot too long. I've been stuck at this place too long. But I'm not going back to where I was. I ain't going back. I ain't going back. I ain't going back. No, 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 no. I will not go back. I'm not going back. Hey! This is it. It's either going to happen here or I'm willing to die. Just, I'm gone. Just have it. But because his word says, you shall live and not die and declare. The beauty of this is he can't allow your captivity to kill you because you've got so much to do. And, and, and you can't die in this because if you die... I now have to raise up hope. Don't get me wrong. I can do it because I can raise up rocks to cry out. But I have not called you unto death. I called you to live. The reason why, the beauty of this text is the reason they could have went so many other different routes to get through. Bible is clear. The Lord brought them to the Red Sea just so he can show off. I got a word for somebody in here. God's about to show off in your life. God, 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 I, you, let me tell you something. He's about to show off and show his will because he could have simply just closed the waters on them and watched the enemies drown. But he said, no, 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 no. Watch this. Let me, let me, let me show you. Not only do I want to deliver you, but I want to teach those who's had their hand on your neck. I want to teach those who's had their foot on your neck for years the kind of God you serve. And it'll be evident that the Lord is on your side. In, in, in closing, he tells Moses, again, after he sees all this commotion, the Lord again speaks to Moses. Stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned into its full depth. While the Egyptians were fleeing into it, so the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came to the sea after them not so here's the details not so much as one of them remained but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them to their right and to their left so what you walk through the Lord will drown your enemies in here's how you know the, the, the Lord is on your life here's how you know the Lord is with you People will look at you and think they can do what you do. In this chapter, they're going to watch you do it and simply say, well, I can do that too. The problem is if the Lord is not on your life, you're going to drown in what I want. You can't walk a mile in my shoes. 
Do you know the hell I endured in order to get to this point? Do you know how many no's I've been told? Do you know how many doors been slammed in my face to get here? And you think you're going to walk through. I got one word. Drown. Drown. Not one, the Bible says, not one remained. Not one of them. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work. This is the last verse. Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So all of that, that was a lot. That was a whole lot. This is all night. Wasn't until the morning we get to this point. Where the Lord washes them to the seashore. And they can look back and say, yo, it's really them. All of them. Chariots, all of them. Archers, everybody. Whether you had a crossbow, you had a sword, you dead. Everybody died. The beauty is they attacked them with weapons that were carnal. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You try to defeat us with weapons and swords. We defeated you with an element we weren't even familiar with. A whole sea. Stand to your feet. This is the time. This is the chapter. Let me get this prophecy out. This is the chapter in your life where you've been through what you've been through. You remain consistent. You were calculated. You were logical. You used wisdom. You counted the cost. You counted the steps. You messed up along the way. That's nothing. The blood did that. You, you did some things along the way, but the blood covered that. But you are ready to get to that next level. You are ready to get to that next phase. You are ready for your stardom. You are ready for your platform. And it seems like you are in front of impossibility. If that's you today, come to this altar. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.